podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Good boys and girls, two-footed podcast on Wednesday the 24th of August brought to you by EPLindex.com and our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider. A virtual privacy network allows you to go online, change your location, access things, get geo-blocked from while also keeping your data safe. Check out LibertyShield.com. Hardware and software packages available. Hardware package is a router, plugs into your normal internet router, you connect specific devices to it that you want to do some geoblock avoidance on software packages instantly downloadable to your devices use the code EPL25 that's EPL25 at checkout and you get 25% off if you're a UK expat wanting match of the day each and every Saturday night this is what you need so get on it we're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft, a giftware and homework company located in Scotland, but shipping worldwide. Check out homeofhopcroft.co.uk. And finally, do check out the EPL Index and Anfield Index shops, which you can find on Etsy. Use the codes EPL10 or RED10 to get 10% off at checkout. Right. Before I go any further, do remember to check out the other podcasts on EPL Index. A tad predictable this week. Tadiwa is joined by Khalid Patel, who is an Arsenal fan and a solicitor. I wonder, is he an Arsenal fan as a punishment for being a solicitor? That and more to be unveiled on Tadiwa's podcast. Um, but he works in the sphere of football, so he might have some interesting stuff to say. So do make sure to give that one a listen. Um, and also the EPL Roundtable, which you can find on its own feed. EPL Roundtable on any podcast provider. It is Kev DeVries. You know Kev. He comes on here. I go on there twice a year, sometimes three times. And we have a good old chat for about oh, six hours. You only get about three of them. Trust me, it takes six hours every single time because we just talk absolute nonsense. You probably think I talk nonsense anyway, but that's fine. Right, folks. Hey, we had the League Cup last night. We had... The second round of the League Cup, we're going to run through the results because they don't really deserve much more than running through. Uh, Charlton won, Walsall nil. Giacimi with the only goal of the game on 57 minutes. Burnley won, Shrewsbury nil. Samuel Bastian, one of the summer signings, getting the only goal of the game. You would not recognise that Burnley team from what we've seen the last few years. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven players starting who weren't there last year. One, two, three, four on the bench. So 11 players who weren't there last year. Um, good win. Cup run for Vincent Company. Get the league form sorted first, son. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday 3, Rochdale 0. Jaden Brown, Delhi Bashiru, and 
Adeniran, Dennis Adeniran, with the goals for the Owls. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday and Coventry are the two teams I want back in the Premier League more than anybody because I am a big old nostalgia merchant. So get the Owls and the Blues, the Sky Blues, back up into the Premier League. Uh, Fleetwood Town nil, Everton won. Damari Gray with the only goal of the game as Everton huff and puff their way past Fleetwood. Mighty Fleetwood, that is. Um, Good win for the Ev. Look, confidence-boosting win. They'll be happy enough to be through. Bolton won. Aston Villa 4. Villa made tough work of this. Went 1-0 down. Dion Charles with the first goal. Then they bounced back. Douglas Louise scoring direct from a corner. Danny Ings converted a penalty on 63. Luca Digne made it 3-1 on 66. And then Leon Bailey wrapped it up coming off the bench on 87. Crawley Town 2. Fulham 0. Fulham out to lower league opposition. A League 2 team. Uh, Tom Nichols and Liverpool loanee James Balagizzi with the goals. Uh, the Fulham team didn't really resemble much of anything. Now, Roddick played in goal. Um, what a thought you might have started, Leno, but maybe Leno's going to start them this weekend. Mbappé played right back. Shane Duffy and Issa Diop, two summer signings, played in the centre. Joe Bryan was left back. Tom Kearney and uh, Nathaniel Chalaba as the midfield pair. Fossey, Harris and Francois behind Stansfield. Stansfield played in the Premier League at the weekend. Lots of young players. Bench was full of young players. All kids bar uh, Gassaniga, who's the third choice keeper. So, look, at least it's experience for them, but a little bit embarrassing for uh, for Fulham. Watford 2, Milton Keynes Dons. Sorry, Watford nil, Milton Keynes Dons 2. Uh, Matthew Dennis and Dara Burns with the goals to send the football franchise through to the next round. Uh, Newport 3, Portsmouth 2. Roman Curtis put Portsmouth 1 up. Will Evans made it 1-1. Curtis made it 2-1 to Portsmouth at half-time. Aaron Wildig and James Tyler Waite with the comeback goals and Newport County are through. Pompey are gone. Colchester 0, Brentford 2. Keane Lewis Potter with his first Goal for the club and Mads Beck Sorensen. Darmsgaard started. Keen Lewis Potter started. And Diversoglu, the young player they brought in in the summer. The young Turk. All of them starting. All of them apparently playing quite well. And Zanka, who I don't think I've mentioned, they've re-signed Matthias Jorgensen, who was there last season. He played at centre-back next to Sorensen. So, uh, good to see the new boys and the old boy getting a run-out. Grimsby nil, Nottingham Forest three, Ryan Yates and two for Sam Surich. Interesting to see this Forest team. Coyate played in the middle of the back three. Biancone played to his right. Yates and Remu Froiler played in midfield. And Emmanuel Dennis started up front. Tewa Wani, one of those who came off the bench. 
Stockport nil, Leicester City nil. Leicester threw on penalties. Uh, should be pointed out, this wasn't a dreadful Leicester team. Uh, Sayonchu and Vestergaard started at centre-back. Luke Thomas, who was first choice last year at left-back. Yuri Telemans and Mpalis Mendy started in midfield with Iheanacho, Pryat, Barnes and Daka as a front four. Madison, Perez, Jewsbury Hall and Castanier coming off the bench. James Justin and Will Fendidi not named or on the bench but not brought on. So Leicester really were going for this and yet needed penalties to get through. Uh, Jewsbury Hall, no, sorry, Thieleman scored, Madison missed, Barnes scored, Perez missed, and Jewsbury Hall scored to make it 3-1. Ryan Crosdale with the only successful penalty for Stockport. Uh, three misses. Won't bother naming them. Won't won't do them the shame. They, they played well. They did well to get... Uh, a Premier League team to penalties. Uh, Cambridge nil, Southampton three. Che Adams, two goals the weekend, two goals last night. And Dominic Ballard with the other coming off the bench, a young player. That's a big boost for his confidence. Uh, moving on, Wolves to Preston nil. Real Jimenez and Adama Traore scoring. So confidence booster for Jimenez. Strong team out from Wolves. Semedo, Collins, Kilman, Aitnuri. That's their best defence. Then Donker, Matinho and Nunes. You bring in Ruben Neves, that's their best uh, midfield. Adama, Jimenez and Huang up front. Obviously Neto and Guedes would start. But Neto, Neves, Pudence, Guedes and Johnny all coming off the bench. So Wolves took it very, very seriously. Uh, ben Woodburn, formerly of Liverpool, with the only goal for Preston. Norwich 2, Bournemouth 2. Bournemouth through on penalties. Uh, Jordan Hugel made it 1-0 to Norwich. Emiliano Marcondes, I forgot he was still at Bournemouth. He made it 1-1. Adam Aday, great to see him back from injury, made it 2-1 to Norwich. And Brooklyn Genesini, who's a player I'm not familiar, familiar with, Made it 2-2 in the last minute of added time, I think. Uh, through to penalties, all five scoring for Bournemouth. Marcondes, Cook, Anthony, Sadie and Christie. Ede, Gibbs and Timu Puki scored for Norwich. And Todd Cantwell missed, unfortunately, for him. Oxford nil, Crystal Palace 2. Odson Edward and a last-minute Luka Milivojevic penalty giving Palace the win. Big thing for Palace in this game, starting right winger Michael Elise. His first start since his foot injury. Great to see him back. Rotherham nil, Morecambe won. Arthur Nahua? I think I've got that right. Scoring the only goal of the game. Great win for Morecambe and hopefully they will get a favourable draw. And by favourable, I mean a big draw. A Premier League team with a bit of gravitas for the next round so they can get a nice a nice gate out of that one. Barrow 2, Lincoln 2. Uh, Lincoln threw 3-1 on penalties. Anthony Scully put Lincoln 1-0 up. David Moyo. Moyo? David Moyo made it 1-1. One, one. 
That was 13 minutes in. It stayed 1-1 till the 87 minute. Ben Whitfield scored, and Barrow thought they were through. But Jordan DeAndre Garrick scored in the 92nd minute and sent the game to penalties. Derby won West Brom nil. Louis Sibley with the only goal of the game. Really don't know how Louis Sibley and Jason Knight are still there. I really don't know. Good win for Derby. Confidence booster. They need all the help they can get right now. Bradford won. Blackburn Rovers 2. Andy Cook scored for Bradford after 18 minutes. But Bradley Dack and then Dylan Marcande in the space of nine minutes, giving Blackburn the lead, a lead they held on to. Uh, and yes, Tyler Morton did play centre-back, which is just bizarre. Um, where are we? Stevenage 1. Peterborough nil. Jamie Reid with the only goal of the game in the 93rd minute. Gillingham nil, Exeter nil. Uh, Gillingham threw 6-5 on penalties. And that is it. That is all of the games from last night. Today, we have <clears throat> Forest Green at home to Brighton. Wickham at home to Bristol City. Leeds at home to Barnsley. And Tranmere at home to Newcastle. We have breaking transfer news today, though. Newcastle United have agreed a deal to sign Alexander Isak from Real Sociedad. 22-year-old Sweden international has been pursued by linked with a host of clubs, but is now on course for a move to St. James's Park. David Ornstein says, in line with reports emerging from Spain, the fee for proposed Isak to Newcastle transfer is in the region of £60 million. They're not quite at the medical stage yet, but if all goes to plan, it will be a club record signing and a key target of Eddie Howe will have been landed. Wow. Isak is exceptionally talented. But I've said this before, this is not reactionary to this news. This kid has the potential to come to the Premier League and be the best of the young strikers in the league. However, of the best young strikers around Europe, him, Dar now taking, taking Haaland and Mbappe out because they're not human beings, him, Darwin Nunes, Osman, all those kind of 24 and below age group strikers, he's got the highest ceiling of them all. But he also has the biggest bust potential of them all. Now, this is a gamble from Newcastle. You're gambling on talent here. When you look at what he's done in his career, it has been quite up and down. It is worth pointing out that even though he's only 22, he made his debut in 2016. Um, for AIK, he scored 13 goals in 29 games and moved to Borussia Dortmund. Didn't work for McDormand. In his first season, he barely played for either the reserves or the first team. In his second season, he was with the first team squad, played 12 games, scored once. In his third season, in the first half of it, he played with the reserve team, scored 5 and 11. So started to find his feet. Went on loan to Willem Tway in the Netherlands, in the Eredivisie, and scored 14 goals in 18 games in all competitions. So 
really did start to look like he was becoming something. Moved to Real Sociedad. And it's been a bit up and down. The first season, he gets 16 goals in 45 games. Just better than one in three. But only nine of them were in the league. He went bananas in the, the National Cup. But only got nine and 37 in the league. In year two, he gets 17 and 34 in the league for one and two. But only 17 and 44 in all competitions. Last season, only six and 32 in the league, only 10 and 41. So it's not great. Now, this season, he's one and two, though it was a complete fluke. Um, the talent is undeniable. Absolutely undeniable. But there is a high bust potential with this one. Now, I wonder what this would mean for the Joe Pedro deal. I'd be inclined to buy both of them and try and pair them together long term. But I don't know how that would work for Eddie Howe's 4-3-3. But if you can buy two great young strikers, you do it. Some of the journalists guy is saying are saying they still want Joe Pedro. So could well be that they do buy both. Uh, but that is big news for Newcastle. Also big news for West Ham United. They are working on a deal to sign Lucas Paqueta from Lyon. A bid worth over, or sorry, worth about 40 million euro has been made. No agreement yet, but advancing talks over fee and personal terms for the 24-year-old Brazilian midfielder. Uh, Lucas Paqueta is a sensational footballer. Now, I assume he'd be the number 10. What does that mean for Fornals? Does Fornals drop deeper next to Rice and become more of a central midfielder? That might work. That might work. Does Fornals drop out of the team? I think that would be a, a mistake. I'm not sure you could play Fornals and Paqueta in the line of three behind a striker. I know Bowen has pace, but he'd still be a, a little bit slow-footed. Um, don't really like the idea of Paqueta with Ben Rama on the other side. Paqueta with Bowen and Corne could work. He's a really good player. Look, get him, figure it out. Get him, figure it out. He's very, very, very good. And that could be a huge deal. Uh, Fabrizio Romano pretending to know what's going on. Claims that personal terms are already agreed between Isak and um, Newcastle. The chap is just a blatant spoofer. Two days ago, he tweeted that the Joe Pedro deal was done when it wasn't. Uh, Ajax, he says now Ajax and, Man and Chelsea are having a round of talks over Hakim Ziyech. We'll wait and see if that's true. Um, hilarious. Romano is just so funny. An absolute spoofer. It's, he's actually shameless. He is actually completely shameless. Um, right. Wanted to take a look. Since we're on the topic of transfers, this is a perfect time. Let's take a look at basically the state of the nation. Where are the Premier League clubs in terms of getting in what they need to get in. This is something we've been checking in on over the summer and will continue to do until the transfer window ends. And then I will scornfully 
dismiss all of the clubs that have not done everything they should have done in this transfer window. Because you only get two a year, and they are your biggest opportunities to improve your team. So Arsenal. Well, Arsenal have signed six players. I had them needing seven players at the start of the summer. However, they haven't addressed three of those of those needs. They wanted, they needed a starting striker. They got Gabriel Jesus. That's great. They needed a starting midfielder. They've not done that, and they're still starting Granit Xhaka. So that's a fail. Uh, they needed a backup goalkeeper. They got Matt Turner in. Fine. They needed a backup right back, still haven't done that. They needed a backup left side centre back, still haven't done that. They needed a backup midfielder and a backup left back. So I'm guessing Zinchenko is now both of those things. Uh, or maybe he's the starting left back and Tierney's the backup, in which case they've just weakened their first team. Um, they brought in Fabio Vieira, who's very, very talented, but didn't make a whole lot of sense for a team that just made Martin Odegaard their captain because you're not going to play both of them together. And get away with it all that frequently. And then they brought in Marquinhos as a young winger, which was just decent business. I think three million. You're not going to complain about that. Um, so incomplete. Aston Villa had them needing seven. They have brought in five. Uh, they needed a starting number 10. They got Coutinho. Needed a starting centre-back. They got Carlos. Needed a starting holding midfielder. They got Kamara. Needed a backup goalkeeper. They kept Olsen. A backup left-back. They got Ludwig Augustinson. They need a starting striker and they need a back or a starting forward will do because they might change the shape and go 4-2-3-1. So Ishmael Asar would have filled that role for them, even though he's not a nine. It's just a forward player. Um, in the diamondy shape, I thought they were going to play. I thought they needed a starting striker and a partner Watkins and then have, have Ings as your third striker who can play with both. Um, they still need a backup right back. That's something they need to address. Brentford. Um, I said they need the starting centre-back. I don't believe they've signed one, but it might be the case that Ben Mee is going to start for them. In which case, I also had them needing a backup centre-back, which I've marked Ming's, uh, sorry, me down as being, uh, but it may be that that's just Sanka. Uh, they need the starting right-back. They brought in Aaron Hickey, needed a midfielder. They got Darmsgaard, needed a backup keeper. They got Strakosha. Needed a backup striker. They brought in Keane Lewis Potter, who's more of a wide player. So I still think they need a backup nine. And they need a backup left back behind Rico Henry. A Brighton and Hove Albion. They needed a starting centre back. Levi Colwell can be that player for them. They still need, I think, one more in midfield. I initially said starter, but I think a depth player is now the move because. They're playing a midfield two rather than a three now. So a backup midfielder will be fine, assuming they can keep the players they have. Um, they need a starting number nine. They need a backup right wing back and a backup centre back. They brought in Julio Cesar and Ciso and Simon Adringa. Adingra? Adingra. Uh, two young players, both exceptionally gifted. Adingra's gone on loan, and CISO remains to be seen. But they don't help right now. They don't fill the needs. Uh, Burnley have brought in 47 players, and they've, they've filled every need I had for them and, and signed a few more. So there's no point in going too much more with that. 
Uh, for Chelsea, I had them needing two starting centre-backs, a backup right-back, a backup left-back. And that was kind of it in terms of need. As the summer's gone on, things have become clearer. Now, they have brought in Kaladu Koulibaly, who's a starting centre-back. They're trying to buy Wesley Fofana as the other centre-back. We'll wait and see if that happens. Um, they've also brought in, obviously, Raheem Sterling. They brought in Carney Chukwemeka, and they brought in the Italian kid. They're trying to waste money on Anthony Gordon. Now, maybe they see him as the backup right wing back. I don't know. And then they overpaid for Mark Cuccarella, but he is an upgrade on Chilwell. So he becomes the starter, Chilwell, as the the depth. Um, so, you know, things are, are chugging along for Chelsea, but it does seem very football manager-esque at the minute. Uh, who else do we have now? Crystal Palace. Needed a starting goalkeeper, got Sam Johnston. Need, need a starting right back. That hasn't been fixed yet. Need a starting centre, uh, central midfielder. That needs to be fixed. They needed a starting defensive midfielder. They got Czech Dukure. They needed two backup centre-backs. So far, it's just Chris Richards in. But there have been some, some names going around of other centre-backs they're interested in, as well as the names of midfielders and right-backs. So at least they're aware of where the weaknesses are. And they brought in Malcolm Abue, that young kid from Derby, who looked very, very talented and exciting in preseason. On to Everton. Needed a starting centre-back, got James Tarkowski. They still need a starting central midfielder. They got a starting defensive midfielder in Onana. I wrote down Richarlison replacement, and they bought Dwight McNeil. Now, I don't know that he's a, a like-for-like replacement. I, he might be more fitting to the backup winger that they need. Uh, and they could bring in a Charleston replacement, but it doesn't look like they will. They need a backup striker. They brought in Ruben Venegra, and they brought in Connor Cody. Uh, not really sure the purpose of signing Connor Cody, but they've done that anyway. Uh, Leeds United, I had them down needing nine. They've actually signed seven, but one of them is Darko Giabi, who's not one of the players, and he's not a senior player, so... Uh, needed a starting right back. They got Christensen. He's looked good so far. I think they need a starting centre back. I really do. I get that Cock has started the season well next to Lorente, but how long are they going to stay fit for? Um, they needed two starting centre midfielders. They got Rocha. They got Adams. Both very good. They needed a starting attacking midfielder. They got Aronson. They needed a Rafinha replacement. They brought in Sinistera. They still need a backup left back and a backup striker. And I had them needing a veteran third goalkeeper and they signed Joel Robles. So that's promising. Uh, Leicester City. I thought they only needed three players. A starting centre-back, a starting midfielder. And an, uh, at the time I said a long-term starting keeper. Then Casper left. So it had to be upgraded to a starting keeper. And they've signed none of those. They did sign Alex Smithies as a third choice keeper behind Danny Ward and Daniel Iverson. Not going well for Leicester City. Liverpool. They got the backup attacker they needed in Carvalho. They got the backup right back they needed in Ramsey. They got their starting striker in Nunes. They have not addressed their starting midfielder. And I would actually, you know what? I, I'm Because this is my list. This is not your list. This is my list. They need a backup midfielder as well. They need two midfielders. So I'm adding that to the list. Um, three from five. 
if they get one more, and as long as that player is very good, that's fine. But ideally, they need two midfielders. Um, Manchester City. Starting striker, Haaland. Backup striker, Alvarez. Backup right back, they haven't addressed, and I don't know that they're going to. Um, and then the backup defensive midfielder that they needed, they brought in Calvin Phillips. Obviously, they sold Zinchenko, which I didn't know that they were going to do at the start of the summer. Um, so I didn't have them down as needing a left back because I didn't think they'd buy one. Then obviously they went all in and Cucurella just weren't willing to pay the fee. And they ended up buying Sergio Gomez, um, who's a backup left back for them now. And a good signing. Uh, so we're going to add backup left back Sergio. It was a need created by their own sale, but it was a need and it is filled. So congrats to City. Four from five. I still think they need a backup right back, though. They've like, I get that Canseo can play right back, but he's totally different profile-wise to Walker. I really don't know why they didn't look at you know, one of the players they had at the club to bring in as a as a right-back. They had a whole bunch of players. Issa Kabore, the right-back they sent out to Marseille, he could have done a really good job there. Manchester United. They needed a starting right-back. They have not yet done that. They needed a starting centre-back. They brought Lissandra Martinez. I'm not buying him, but you know he is what he is. Five foot nine of him. Um, they needed a starting holding midfielder. They bought Casemiro. I think it's completely the wrong profile of player in terms of age and wage, but he's obviously very very good. So, congrats to them. It looks like Eriksson is going to be the starting centre midfielder. Now they're still, I think, trying for Frankie, but who knows. So I still have them down as needing a starting centre midfielder and a backup goalkeeper, although maybe a starting goalkeeper would be smarter. And they did sign Malashia and Eriksson. Newcastle. Starting goalkeeper, they got Pope. Starting left-back, they kept Target. Starting centre-back, they bought Botman. Starting centre-back by two was what I wrote. They haven't signed a second one. It doesn't look like they will. I think that's a mistake. I think they need a starting defensive midfielder so that they can play Gamerish as an eight. I'm not sure they'll do that. And I have them down needing a starting winger, which they have been trying to sign all summer. I didn't mark them down for a striker because, well, I, I quite like um, Callum Wilson. And I, I think Chris Wood is solid enough as a backup. So I thought next summer would be the summer for strikers. But they may end up landing two before the window's out. Um, Norwich. Uh, I, I can't be arsed. Uh, Southampton. Needed a starting keeper, they got Basunu. Needed a starting attacking midfielder, they got Aribo. Needed a midfielder, they got Lavia. Needed a centre-back, they got Bella Kotchup. Backup keeper, Liss. Uh, they signed Sekou Mara, who looks very, very exciting. They still need a starting striker, though. Like, it, they're crying out for somebody to play up front for them. Um, Spurs. Starting right wing-back, Jed Spence. They, they needed two starting centre-backs. I don't think they've actually signed any because I don't think Langley is a starter. Um, 
but I've marked him in as one of them because uh, they're probably not going to sign another centre back now. Uh, they need the starting midfielder. They got Basuma. They needed a backup striker. They got the Charleston. That was really good. Uh, backup keeper Fraser Forster doesn't excite anybody. They signed Ivan Perisic. I'd still be looking at a long-term starting keeper if I was them, someone to bring in and develop, but they haven't done it. Not going to bother with Watford. West Ham, um, they needed a starting goalkeeper. They got a starting goalkeeper. They needed a starting left-back. Now, I'm not a big Emerson Palmieri fan, but they have bought him, so they seem happy. Uh, They need a starting centre-back. They got Agard. They need a starting striker. They got uh, Skamaka. Backup centre midfielder, they got Flynn Downs. I had them down needing another centre midfielder. I assume Paqueta comes in and they just reshuffle things a bit. And then a backup right winger, Max Cornet. Perfect. Perfect. Can start on the left, can start up front, can cover it left back, can do a bunch of things. Yeah, West Ham are having a good window. It's just a shame their season has started so badly for them. Uh, for Wolves... Needed a starting centre-back. They got Nathan Collins. They need a starting defensive midfielder. They got Matthias Nunes. Uh, or centre midfielder, whichever you want. Uh, they needed a starting winger. They got Guedes. They need a starting striker. They're in talks for one. And I think they need a backup goalkeeper as well. Um, Bournemouth, I had, I had six needs. But it, it was largely because I was looking at the squad going, what do you even do here? Um, they need a starting right-back. They signed Fredericks. I wouldn't, but they have... They need a starting centre-back. They signed Sinisi. I still think they need one because they're moving to a back three. So I, I still mark them down as needing a centre-back, even though I do think he'll be good for them. Uh, they signed Tavernier. I'm not sure where they're going to play him, but I did mark them down as needing a starting winger, which is what he is. They need the backup keeper. They got Neto. They need the midfielder. They got Rothwell. I still think they need a, a backup left-back and, like I say, probably one more centre-back. And then you've got Fulham, um, starting keeper Leno, starting right-back Mbappu, starting centre-back Diop, starting centre-midfielder Polinia, starting attacking midfielder Pereira, backup centre-back they brought in Duffy, backup attacking midfielder they brought in Manor Solomon. So the only need that I have them down here is, is, a, is a backup left-back, which they have been linked with. But they're also trying to sign you know, uh, Justin Clivert as a winger. They were linked with Neil Mope. So... Yeah, it remains to be seen. There might be a few more to come in there. And then we have Nottingham Forest. Now, I didn't didn't consider the, the scale of the exodus from Forest this summer, that they would lose so many players. So I had them down needing seven. And they've signed, I want to say 15. It might be, it might be 16. It is 16. Uh, but I really like the business. So they brought in... Dean Henderson, because they need a starting keeper. Needed a starting centre-back, got Niakate. Unfortunately, he has got injured, but he'll be back. Needed a starting right-wing back, got Nico Williams. Starting left-wing back, got Omar Richards. Starting central midfielder, Aurel Mangala, outstanding. Starting attacking midfielder, they brought in Jesse Lingard. The starting striker, they brought in Awanee. All of those were necessity, because most of them replaced the player who was there on loan, or in the case of Henderson and Niakata, replaced lads that just weren't quite good enough for the Premier League level. On top of those, they brought in Lewis O'Brien for more midfield depth, Biancone for defensive depth, Tofolo for left-wing back depth, Hennessy for backup keeper, uh, Aguilera I don't know anything about, 
Uh, I think he's a forward player. Redmond Freuler, more midfield depth. He'll probably be a starter. He's very good. Czech Koyate, I assume he's defensive depth, but he can also cover in midfield. And then Emmanuel Dennis, because absolutely you'd sign Emmanuel Dennis, and I'm excited to see how he does for Forrest this year. And then Morgan Gibbs-White, who I just think is absolutely fantastic, and I'm delighted to see um, Forrest get him, but I would have loved to see him stay at Wolves. I really wanted to see Gibbs-White, Neves, and Nunes. I, I, it just could have been outstanding, but it wasn't to be. Uh, I think he's going to be really good for Forrest, though. So that's where we stand. I don't think I've missed any transfers. I don't think I've missed any. I think that's everybody up to date. Um, so some clubs with work to do, some who are just finishing things off, like Forrest might sign a backup right wing back and maybe one more piece in defence just for extra cover. Uh, Fulham, more options in attack in that left wing back. Bournemouth, prey. Wolves, they're doing the right things as long as they keep Neto. Uh, West Ham, I like what they're doing. I really do like the. I'm not a huge fan of Emerson, but I like the rest of the business. And if they get Paquette, that's a great get. If they get him and Schumacher in one summer, oh, oh, that's unbelievable for West Ham. Um, Watford, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing, to be honest. I, I've, I've lost interest already. Uh, Spurs, I just think they've got to upgrade at centre-back. I really think they need to upgrade at centre-back. I think if they could do that, I think they'd be nailed on for third. Um, Southampton get a striker. Newcastle, let's wait and see what they do, but Isak is exciting. Uh, United, combination of prey. And hope the Glazers just continue to spend some money. It does look like Anthony could arrive as well. I'm not really sure why you'd pay anything like that money. But, you know. Uh, City, you're going to be fine. Liverpool, buy a midfielder. Leicester, buy anybody. Uh, Leeds, yeah, starting centre-back. And get some cover for Bamford. Everton, pray. Yeah, just pray because you've got Lampard in charge. Palace, just keep doing what you're doing. Get in the players you need, but within the profile that you've been shopping with. Chelsea, keep playing football manager and uh, don't spend £60 million on Anthony Gord. Good God. Burnley, I think they've done well. I think it'll take time for everything to gel and settle, but I think they've done well in the market. Brighton just need to get active. They need to get active. They need to go and find a striker. You can't be playing Danny Welbeck in the year of our Lord 2022. You just can't be doing it. Um, Brentford, I think they've done fairly well. You know, like I say, starting centre back would be would be the cherry on the cake. Uh, let's, with Villa, same with the striker. Go and get that striker. And Arsenal, uh, look, it's going well so far. It's going well so far. But that's a small squad. That's a small squad, and I don't see leaders. Which leads me to my next topic. I have completed my watching of all or nothing Arsenal. And I have some thoughts. This may well be confirmation bias. I'm admitting that from the off. But my feeling on Arsenal under Arteta has been that they're soft and there's no leadership in the team. And watching all or nothing reinforce those things for me. They're, they are soft 
And there's nobody in that dressing room who leads that team. Granite Jacka is about the closest thing they have to it. But Granite Jack is just a fella who announces really loudly he goes for a walk by and then goes for a walk by himself. I'm going for a walk. Let's all go for a walk. And the next thing you see him hiking up a mountain all by himself and everybody else looking at him going, what is that fella doing? We're going to the pub. He's gone up there. There's no pub up there. We're going over, he over here. So there's that. Every time Arsenal found themselves in a difficult position last year, they crumbled. They took four points from losing positions. They failed to deal with any kind of hostility. Now, I know it's a young squad, but it's a young squad by design. It's not a young squad by accident. It's a young squad because Arteta didn't want senior players who would question him around the place. That's why he pushed Aubameyang and Lacazette out of the club and others before them. Players that would question him. Players that just knew better than him. Like, I've called Arteta a bit of a spoofer. And again, I feel vindicated. What was he doing with the, the speakers? Playing you'll never walk alone while they have a kickabout. Like, what is that? Another one of my crazy ideas. You're an idiot. <laughs> You're an idiot. This is not an idea. This is a brain fart. Absolutely moronic. And you know what else struck me? Anytime he spoke and asked the players for feedback or to challenge him, none of them did. They all just sat there, mute. And you could tell some of them were mortified by it. And some of them were looking at him thinking, you're a chancer. Alex, uh, Alex Lacazette looked at him with so much disdain. It was hilarious. My favorite parts of the whole thing were Lacazette just looking at him. Lacazette, who, by the way, he made captain, just looking at him and thinking, you're a chancer. You're making this up as you go along. A gimmick for every game. You know, going in, it showed the dressing room a couple of times when they were losing, and it was almost like they just gave up. And he had nothing inspiring to say at all. He wouldn't inspire anybody. He just wouldn't. Maybe some young players who don't know any better just think that's how managers are. But Anyone who's been around a bit will look at that. And you could see it in the reactions. They were thinking, what is this fella doing? Now, he seems like a nice man. So I don't wish any bad to him. But no, he wouldn't be for me at all. And I maintain that they won't make top four this season or any season where he's manager. Um, tactically quite poor. No real ability to motivate and no real plan long-term. Everything is seat of the arse. So everything is, well, what did Pep do last week? Um, and the simpering Muppets he has around this, him, his, his coaching staff. One of them agreeing with him on the idea of playing, you'll never walk alone through speakers. Oh, this is a good idea. No, not a good idea. Don't tell him it's a good idea. 
Slap him on the nose. Say, down, boy. Bad. Awful. Awful. Jesus, wet. And then the fella that went into the room with Ben White and told me he was one of the best defenders in the world. Ben White just seems like a completely unlikable character. Maybe not unlikable, but, like, he doesn't care. Like, yeah, he, he gets excited when Arsenal win. But he doesn't care when they lose. Just doesn't bother him at all. Just carries on. And that was the thing. They'd lose a game and just carry on like it was fine. Awful. It was a very heavily edited show, is the other thing I noticed. It was edited to make them seem like the underdogs, you know, when in truth everything went in their favour last year. Minimal injuries. I know they got a couple of injuries at the end of the season, but they would minimal injuries through the year. No Europe. All their rivals falling apart for different reasons. Everything went in their favour last season. But yet they were plucky Arsenal. And then they tried to spin it at the end that it was a good season because they finished fifth, having bottled top four. We were four points clear with three games left. Four points clear with three games left. All you needed to do was get a draw with Spurs and you got turned over. Then you could have gone and beaten Newcastle. You got battered. Newcastle. Emptied, the emptied themselves into their trousers up at, up at St. James's because the crowd was a bit feisty. And then when the pressure was off in the last game of the season, just handed it a whooping. But, oh. No, no, no. Um, I wouldn't like my club to do an all or nothing, if I'm honest. I really wouldn't. I'm going to take a break. When we come back, I'm just going to do the gossip and we're done. Short show today. Uh, but good news, I am here tomorrow and Friday, but next Wednesday and Thursday are a no, and Friday's dicey at the minute. So uh, I'll see you in a sec. Right, welcome back. Everton have asked Chelsea to include either Conor Gallagher or Armando Brogia on loan. I said, on loan? I demand them both. One in a permanent one on loan or both on permanence. Get both of them. Offer 10 million and Gordon for the pair of them. West Ham are also plotting a bid to sign Gallagher on loan. Uh, Everton are finally ready to sell Gordon if they can find a suitable replacement. Che Adams is one of the players. How is he a replacement? He's like he... Not even going to get into it. Gordon has told Everton he wants to sign for Chelsea to play Champions League football and to boost his chances of being selected for England's World Cup squad. You're going to sit on the bench. You're not good enough to play for England or in the Champions League. Chelsea have pulled the plug on their bid to sign Wesley Fofana after Leicester rejected a third bid worth £70 million, including add-ons, which seems to be the same bid they made as their second bid. Um... Manchester United are still interested in signing Frankie de Jong. We'll wait and see. United want to offer Kevin Trapp an annual salary of eight to nine million a year to join the club. What? For Kevin Trapp? Another ball-playing goalkeeper that United are considering a move for is Jan Sommer. Okay. A new offer to Anthony is for Anthony is expected to be uh, submitted as United push forward to sign the Brazilian international. 
Callum Hudson Odoi is expected to undergo a medical at Bayer Leverkusen to complete a loan move from Chelsea. Bayer Leverkusen are going to be so much fun to watch. So much fun to watch. Wolves Portugal winger Pedro Neto is tempted by uh, an offer to join Arsenal. No, he's not. Maybe he is, but he's not going. Arsenal can't afford him. It, this says a potential £50 million move. I was, again, speaking to a Wolves journalist today. He told me £70 million to even make them answer the phone. He says, look at the Gordon figure. They're going to want more than that. Um, West Ham have made an improved £9.2 million bid for Hans Vanneken. It's been turned down. It's unlikely he moves at this point. Tottenham remain interested in signing Adama Traore from Wolves. Why? Manchester United's Ivory Coast defender Eric Bailly will travel to Marseille. He's been there. He's done that. He is a Marseille player for the year ahead. Nottingham Forest are not close to an agreement for Jafet Tanganga. I'd like that signing for them. I think it would be clever. Uh, Roma and Inter Milan are both interested in bringing in Trevo Chalaba on loan. You know who else should be interested in having him this season? Chelsea. Um, Bayern Munich striker Hassan Salahamazic has revealed the club's board voted against signing Cristiano. Nobody wants him. I saw Gibral Cisse begging him to come to Marseille. Barcelona are concerned. Antoine Griezmann has not been named in Atletico Madrid's starting lineup so they can avoid paying £50 million for the France Ford. You think? And Barcelona are interested in signing Hector Bellerin. Well, you know, everybody makes bad decisions. Right, that's me. I'll talk to you all tomorrow. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.